And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast, where Podcast Dave is still slurping up on Colby Covington. He's been talking about his love for Colby. It's crazy. I don't know. How he does it, but my man Josh Thompson has tried this. (laughs) That's the sounds that we keep on hearing. I don't understand what's happening. What's up, dude? How was California? Uh, You know, it was good to see friends and, uh, you know, it just was, it was good to be back, but it was not good to be back. I mean, like you get off the plane, the first thing (laughs) you see is homeless and cat everywhere. I don't know. It's like, amazing, isn't it? It's hard because I grew up there, you know, and I, I mean, I would grew up there during the, you know, the eight, what? the 80s and then a little bit in the 90s and then you know came back in the early 2000s and um it's just it was it was doing so well for a while and then yeah. you know and of course it always had its parts you know the uh, Rodney King riots there was a lot going on during that time but after it all I think dust settled and stuff um, yeah I was there I kind of remember yeah <laughs> so you know um but there was there was like hits you know um they kind of felt like it set us back a little bit, but then I think we moved forward at certain stuff. And I don't know. I've, I've been a California kid my whole life, man. So being here in Texas, it's been, it's been fun. It's been different. Um, you know, but there's a lot of things that when I go there and I'm like, man, this is coming back, kind of getting back here now, like just yesterday and today, uh, late last night, but then today just driving around and not feeling really like any traffic, not feeling a care in the world. Just like, you know, you realize you're just from point A to point B and, I don't know. It's a different feeling. It's yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, there's just there's it's no the way life's supposed to be. Life's not supposed to be a challenge just to get from one end yeah. of the town to the other. It's not supposed it to be that like way. yeah, just the stress of it all. Like it just there's a lot of stress going from one spot to the next. And I caught myself a couple of times like on the highway there, you know, going like sixty miles an hour <laughs> instead of you know just because there's like and people are just buzzing by me and I'm like oh no Here. see that hold it. That's true because see you slow down. I slow down when I'm at home. I don't drive that fast. I go to California. It's like <clears throat> you've got to drive fast. Yeah. And then I just saw they're putting up speeding cameras on the freeways that automatically write you a ticket yeah. if you are 11 miles per hour over the speed limit mm-hmm. up. Why not one? Just a, I, well, well, because there can be differences in speedometers and yeah. things like that. <laughs> so they're saying that 11 is the one saying, nope, you're, you knew you were going over the speed limit. But I'm like, well, damn, we're going to see what it's like because I, when I go there, I have to drive faster because everyone's driving faster. Yeah. You have to keep up with traffic. You do. You do. Otherwise, you're the one getting honked at and ran off the road oh, yeah, you're, and birds given to you. And that's how more road rage is going to happen. <laughs> I really believe it. That's... <laughs> That's exactly how more road rage is going to happen. You're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of people getting pissed off. They're only doing 11 miles over. I mean, I don't know. It was just it was difficult. I was downtown for to meet for some dinner with some friends, and I pulled in this parking structure, and it wouldn't give me a ticket. So I just went in there and parked anyways. Well, then they have meter people that go through the parking structure and just write you a ticket. So I got a forty dollar ticket. I'm like, there was no did way. You, there was no way for me to get a ticket. I couldn't. I couldn't get like a parking just, ticket. Okay, did you just see the video of the guy who got a parking ticket and then walked up and shot the parking attendant, meter maid, whatever you want to call it, shot him in the head? Wow. 
Can you believe that over a parking ticket? It's like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? People are going crazy right now, man. They're going I mean, nuts. I got to be honest, John. It just, it's, it feels like I can, I can feel the tension from a lot of people when it comes to the, I mean, I was, look, I still, here in Texas, you're paying about three forty for a ga gallon of gas. It was six eighteen in San Jose. Oh, yeah. Six eighteen. Yeah, you know I, Jack Reese, who's a uh, boxing referee in California, just sent a picture, and he goes, and it's, and it's got a hundred dollars on the gas pump, and it was fifteen and a half gallons, basically fifteen point mm -hmm. four something, right? And he goes, the first time I've ever put a hundred dollars of gas in my tank, right? And I, I sent him back, and I said. That that right there would have given me that would have cost me forty seven dollars. Yeah, yeah, where I'm at, I don't know, and which is not good, but it's a whole lot better than that. Yeah, and then, and then I listened to, did you see Gavin Newsom? And he was like, they asked him a question about the gas. He walks all around and stuff. It's like, why don't you tell the truth? It's tax. Yeah, you guys tax the shit out of gas and then you throw that money away so you just make people pay it and you're throwing it away well like let me let me go on this uh, i show up and i rent a car from avis and I, i'm a preferred member of avis because whatever yeah, travel yeah so yeah. anyway it's been great pull walk get up and i don't even, I don't even talk to anyone I just walk right up to my car it shows my name on a board i walk right yeah, up to my car and i just drive tells you where to go i love it or you can pick out yours in the row yeah exactly so i walked up i was like, okay you know thompson you know d28 was the number i just walk up and get in the car i drive out the guy checks me out at the the get out gate and i just drive away yeah. i get to, i get to where i need to go and i exit the highway and all of a sudden the gas light comes on i'm like i just got the car <laughs> what you the? didn't look it's i'm sorry but, you, but isn't it always supposed you, to be full isn't it always supposed to be full when you get it? So the, the gas yeah, light you, comes you on. Think. Well, John, it, it gets better. It gets better. So um, I'm dry. I, I pull up to the gas station. I just see the gas light come on. And it just turns red and goes, you know. And so I go. I pull up to the gas station. I get out of the car and I walk around the car. There's no place to put gas. It's an electric car. <laughs> you guys didn't choose to tell me hold that it. this car was hold electric. It, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> John, I kid you not. No, 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 no. I was just. You didn't know you no. had an electric car. No. Okay. Did you when you turned it on? Did a motor? Come I thought on? it was hybrid. I thought it was like a hybrid thing. So you know when you start cars, right? Like even my even yeah. my even my grand wagon, my Jeep grand wagon here I have right now. Oh God, when I turn it on, funny. it's quiet. And then as I hit the gas, it'll make some See, noise and it'll go. That's why I like my my truck. I hit that button twice and go. John, it gets it gets better. That's the way it's I supposed still to can't. I, walk, I walk around What's the that? car. It gets What's that, better. Dave? It still gets better. Yeah, I can't. I walk. <laughs> I walk around the car. I can't find out. I have to actually YouTube for this model <laughs> to find out how <laughs> I put electric <laughs> in it. Uh, but let me ask you so this. Hold on. So it's a complete electric, electric. car. There is no gas. There's no gas all. whatsoever. And, and I'm like, I'm like on dead. the, and it was, it was getting to be dead. Yeah. You know, here's what the, kind of car was it? It was a uh, Genesis. A Genesis. I believe Kia it was Genesis? like a G80 or something like that is what it was Kia called. Genesis. Kia Genesis. No, no, no. It's Genesis is, is it a Kia? Oh, oh, I thought it was a Hyundai. Hyundai. I thought no, Genesis were Hyundai. Hyundai's. It might be Hyundai. Hyundai. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was nice. It was really nice. It got nice. I'm not saying it's not nice. These are nice. But no, I'm driving around batteries. it. Like, so here, but I pulled the gas station. Well, if you're not, if you're renting cars, John, and this, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. If you're renting cars, yeah, there it is. The farthest, farthest one on the left down there. Yeah, I think it was like a G, it was like a G80 or something G80. like that. No, that's not it. 
It was like a sportier version. That, that one right there. See that one right there? Yep, yep. That one. Which one? That one. You got the thing on. Yeah. That one right there. Hell, that's a nice looking. Yeah, it car. was nice, man. It was nice. But guess where the guess guess where you charge it at? The front. In, in the front, in the grill. But it's yeah, like a honeycomb, so you have to touch the right spot to find yeah, out where where it pops open. And so, um, so yeah, so there was no place. To, anyways, but look, if you got to think, if you're renting a car and you're coming from a state that doesn't really use electric cars, and they give you this car. And you start driving around and you're like, okay, where the hell do I get electricity at for this thing? Yeah, you got to find a place to charge it. Yeah, because they're not like Tesla oh, charging stations I went is, through that. in San Jose are everywhere. Yeah, hold so, on. No, see, because I went through that because I did the same thing. I rented a Tesla. I knew it was electric, but I rented a Tesla when I was last time no I was shit. in California with my wife and my wife hated it. Because I was always going and having to try to find yeah. a charging station. And then I'd get to the charging station and they're all full. Yeah. So you got to wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes yep. to then charge for an hour. Yes. Yep. No, so I should have uh, taught you when you were in town, Josh, how to charge an electric car. But no, but see, that's the thing. <laughs> so I, I get there and then now I'm now I'm literally like trying to drive around and find a place while I'm on empty, trying to find a place to charge this thing. Finally, I, I found a spot, you. but then it, it gets better. When you when you get there, I thought you just like pull up like a gas station. You just like swipe your credit card and you plug in, and then like that's it. No, you have to you download a fucking app, and yeah. you got to like create a, a member account and then yeah. input oh, yeah. your credit card information, and then you swipe your phone. That's right. This that's is right. the dumbest fucking thing ever. Why can't I just swipe my credit card and pay? This is so stupid. Yeah. I mean, and here you can't pay cash. I can't go inside and no, because those yeah. are owned by somebody else. Those electric oh, yeah. charging stations are not owned by the mm-hmm. gas station. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, what a dis- this was such a pain in the ass. And then the the one place that I knew where they had it was a, a, like a Bank of America. They had the charging station. As I'm driving by, they're in the process of removing those two ones to put two new ones. Those are the only two <laughs> charging places that I freaking knew of that were not Teslas. I mean, Teslas are everywhere, like at every mall, at every you know, at everywhere. They've got at least one or two everywhere. But then at the malls, they've got like a row of them. Yeah. there's like probably 15 of them anyways yeah yep. i don't know yeah, I was... it's, real, it's real it's real frustrating when you drive up and there's 15 to 30 of them and every one of yeah. them has a car on it well but, i guess the benefit of it and, and maybe dave you can speak to this because you, you have an electric car is that when you don't pull tell up Colby Covington. <laughs> don't tell Colby <laughs> Covington. oh uh, but then it's like you have to wait. Like it took, it only cost like eight dollars, so it was cheaper than let's say I put gas in. But I had to sit there for thirty something minutes. That's oh, actually pretty yeah. good. I was there. It was only like no, it was like thirty something minutes. Like eight dollars. Yeah, it was eight dollars and ninety five cents, whatever it was. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Eighty dollars. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. It was like nine bucks. Yeah. And in thirty minutes will get you the first fifty percent of your. Well, I was yes, yeah, so, you know, it, it gave me. It, I didn't that. fill it all the way up. It gave me. It gave me eighty uh, percent when it said it got to eighty okay. percent because I. Had yeah, it only like, goes to eighty percent. Oh, does it? Okay, because I was Those wondering. Only go to eighty percent. It got up to eighty percent, and then it kind of stopped moving. It'll yeah, stop. it takes forever after it, that. Yeah, it was like eighty-one percent, and then it went like it kind of teetered back to eighty percent. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, it'll so it'll have actually that. charging stations that will tell you that oh, this one will go to full. No, but most of them go to eighty percent. At least you didn't do what I did. Uh, I bought my I bought my car and then um, I installed a an outlet in the garage and then I went and bought a five hundred dollar charger on Amazon and then one day I opened the opened the trunk of the car and there was like a an extra part underneath that you could open again and I opened that for the first time and there was a freaking charger that came in the car. 
<laughs> months after months after the return policy on Amazon, I was so pissed. Man. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Oh yeah, shit! So what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, it's the charger. Wait, you didn't just, you didn't charger, you didn't though. just buy a new charger and then return the old one and then like they were different brands. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so I couldn't go away with that. Um. But I just call it my travel charger now. So when I come up to your house, I'll just I'll charge my house, my charge my car at your house. Jeez, this is hilarious. Uh, I did geez. I did it for a while. I had an electric car when they first came. I had the BMW i3 or something. I80, yeah, yeah. I, no, i3. Yeah, i8's really nice. I had the i3. Oh gotcha. But it was you know I got a great deal on it as far as from the dealer for a lease and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I do it. It's just that I mean back then it would go like. Maybe 130 miles. Really? I thought it was rolling like 80 miles. Well, because I had a, uh, there was actually a motorcycle engine in it that charged the batteries. So you could put like a gallon and a half of gas to have that charge the batteries. Interesting. So different. Yeah. Yeah. That was my experience in California. I got to go back on Wednesday. Yeah, I know you do. That's good. (laughs) Speaking of gas tanks. Yeah, I got to go back on uh, weddings. Speaking of gas tanks, you know what? Dave's trying to get us to the fights. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, speaking of Everyone's gas like, hey, I didn't really Dave call. Dave wants us to stop talking. Yeah, okay. about California and gas prices. And if we were talking shit. about Colby Covington, it would be okay. Yes, it would be. But, all right. Yeah. No disrespect, Colby. Nah. We'd love to talk about you, but we got other other fights until yours comes up. Hmm. Uh, Let's go ahead, John. Can, Let's go. I mean, Canelo Alvarez took on... Jarmel Charlo in a fight that was big time as far as what people expected out of it. I'm being honest. I watched it and just wasn't, it was, it was one-sided. Yeah. Let's just be honest. It was a one-sided boxing match. I gave Charlo, I think two rounds and it was, that was me being nice. Yeah. I mean, he got knocked down in the seventh round. It, it was the power. You could tell that mm-hmm. the power of Canelo was something that Charlo was like, oh, damn, this guy can crack. And he was used to being able to walk through what his opponents are throwing at him, and he wasn't able to do that, and he just never got on his game. He's a good, he's a great fighter. Charlo is a hell of a fighter. I've watched him throughout his career since he's come up. He and his brother are fantastic, but this was not the same guy. He just didn't look the same. And a lot of it was, look, Canelo looked fantastic. Canelo, you know, other than the first round, which neither guy threw very much, mm-hmm. and that's the norm for Canelo. He, he gets his reads and stuff. Canelo just dominated yeah. where the fight was at, when the engagements would take place, just every bit of it for the most part. Yeah, when it just, when people, when we talk about there's times we show up to the arena and you're just not feeling it. Yeah. I got the feeling from Charlo that it was like, it felt almost like the first time he'd ever been under the bright lights. He just clammed up. He shut down. He just didn't have the output. He had moments where he would throw, you know, and, but then he would go back yeah, to clamming up, putting right. his back his, to the his ropes. Out, his output was low. Yeah, it was low. And a lot of that, I want to be honest, it, it came from the Canelo situation, but it was, was Canelo was comfortable putting pressure with his hands directly up and he'll take a couple of shots directly to the, the top of the forehead and he would just walk through it, like not a care in the world. Like, no, like there's not anything you can do. And as you hit me and move, I'm just going to pivot my foot. And I'm going to cut the ring off. I'm just going to walk yeah. you down again. Well, he just walked. Yeah, many times, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't shuffle over anything. No. He just turned his body and walked over and said, okay, all right, right here then. 
Yeah. It, Just cut it's, them off. it's that pressure. It's a, I'm going to, I'm going to use a little bit of, a little bit of how Sean Strickland fought Izzy. Let me just do this. I'm going to just keep putting this pressure, keep putting this pressure. And as your back foot or your back or your hips or whatever hit the ropes for the cage, you start to kind of not know what to do anymore. You're used to being the person that can, that people respect. I can stick and move, can use my speed to my advantage, use my lateral movement, my athleticism, all of those things. Canelo is very simple. He's a very simplistic oh, fighter. He just keeps basic. everything tight, defense is tight. And once you realize the wait, the harder I throw, the less likely I am to hit him. And it doesn't really have an effect on him when I do hit clean because I never really hit clean because I'm actually hitting his gloves because he's so defensively sound. There's yep. so many things. The best shot I think Canelo or Charlo landed was in the 12th round. He hit him with a beautiful left hook and you just saw it had no effect on Canelo. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. like that just summed up how your whole night was going. Like yep. right there. He hit him with a clean, beautiful left hook. And Canelo snapped his head and just kept coming forward like it was no big deal. And I was like, that's when you realize everything you did earlier in the fight, it had no effect. Like it just, there was nothing, nothing that he needed to respect you for. And he, he's a, Charles, a really good fighter. He is. I didn't expect, I actually didn't expect it to go this way. I was expecting a little bit of a closer fight. I expected Canelo to win, but I expected it to be more of a closer fight. Well, both guys being 33 years of age mm -hmm. and you're looking at him and going, Canelo probably, you know, he's close to double the amount of fights as Charlo. Yeah. You know, so he's got a lot of wear, but you take a look at the guys that he's been up against. It's a it's a pretty impressive list. Now, Charlo, same thing. He's got some great names on his resume, but it was, I believe, in, in the way I was looking at it as the fight started to go on, it was more of Canelo was not impressed with anything to do with Charlo as mm -hmm. far as what you can do, you know, how you do it, where... Charlo was in that position. Shit, I'm fighting Canelo Alvarez. And it kind of looked like he had that respect for him, you know, as the fight kind of started. And then as he got hit, it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Now I understand why people are, you know, getting uh, cautious when they're around you in the in the ring. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't as, you know, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the Crawford Spence fight, even though that was one sided too. Yeah. It was it really was. And this one was one sided, but it seemed at least with Spence, Spence was doing everything he could mm -hmm. to to get to try to get that win against Crawford. Where Charlo, it seemed like you said, look, it's just not my night and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make it through the sucker. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I can understand it. It happens, but uh you know, it'll be interesting to see. He he actually called Crawford out after the fight. Crawford is going, not now, dude. Oh, who, who called him out? Oh, Charlo did. Charlo. Okay, Charlo. I didn't hear the yeah. post. But I, yeah. then but then Crawford also, uh, someone had asked him about like, hey, why doesn't Canelo fight Crawford? But there's a there's a weight difference there, so you have to huge weight difference. Yeah, but you're gonna have to make that adjustment though too. Like, yeah. And but Canelo's answer was very, like, look, if things align. Then we can talk about it. He's like, but I don't see it aligning with our careers right now. And that was a very, very simple, you know, yeah, like, hey, and we'll, accurate. We'll entertain it when we get closer in weight. And if you want to come up and make the adjustments, then we can talk about I'm it. I'm not going down. Yeah. There's I mean, no, you know, why would I go down? Yeah. I'm having success where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see Charlie just did, he came in, it wasn't his night. Didn't pull the trigger. When you're talking about the Earl Spence fight and Crawford fight, 
Spence went out on his shield. Oh fuck yeah! That's he went out. That's what I. That's what I was saying. Yeah, he went out there. He did everything that he knew how to do, could do, in trying to you know hurt hurt Crawford, mm-hmm. put shots on him. Just you know, got, well, got beat by a better fighter. Yeah, but you like, but you got to remember though, like when people talk about going on their shield, going out on their shield. Sorry, but only a handful of them actually do it, John. Yeah, that's and true. that's the that's what's funny is when I listen to a lot of these fighters in their press conferences, and uh, man, you're gonna have to kill me. You're gonna have to put me out on my shield. There's only a handful of guys that I've ever seen actually do it. I'll be honest, man. Like, hey, I look at guys like Frankie Edgar. He's one of them. <laughs> like, he, that guy's gonna go out on his shield. You know, there's certain guys that in you. Well, look sometimes, back, sometimes they're not the greatest fighters. They're not the guys that were world champions. No. Frankie was a world champion. Yeah, you got guys like you know Darren Elkins. Yeah. Darren Elkins, the guy, he'll go out on the shield, man. That's yeah. a dude you look and you go, no matter what, you know, you're going to be in a fight. Mm-hmm. You know what? So, you know, you're right. There are just certain guys that are like that. But interesting. I mean, but nice but, win, but nice win by Alvarez. Canelo looked good. Cinnamon, he did look good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I want to know how Charlo rebounds from this. How does he rebound from this? That's what I want to know. You know, I think he goes back to 154 and just, you know, takes, you know, the next step in his career, takes through whatever the mandatory is and just continues on. And it's like he he said the right thing. He said, look, I, you know, I came up to take my shot. And he did. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out for him. Yeah. You know, then someone's going to lose. Yeah, that's true. It's a fight so, game, man. Normally, it. nine times out of ten, there's... There's going to be a winner and a loser. Normally. Yeah. All right. What else we got for us, Dave? Want to look at some PFL. I know that um, they didn't broadcast in the U.S., but just if you got yeah. time to catch the, at least the main event. I was able to at least see two of them, and the main event yeah. was one I was able to see, but it took so long for this fight to take place. To get started. And to get over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, like I, I said, Cedric Dombe is just a uh, dynamite stand-up fighter he's got power in his hands watching him in glory all the time the guy is good he's got four mma fights you know i'd watch jordan zeo strong powerful but man he got hit by a freaking hook and that was over yeah yeah it was absolutely nine seconds into the start of the fight nine seconds mark goddard was pulling him off because Look at that's what Cedric. I think he's going to be great for the PFL. I think he is uh, someone that you know. There's going to be guys that are going to give him prompts. You know, they're going to be able to you know take him off of his feet, make him work hard to get back to his feet, and we'll see what happens from that point. But in the stand-up, there's not a whole lot of guys that are going to want to be in the stand-up with him, and there's not going to be anybody that's better than him in the stand-up. I'm going to skip the fight because it was all nine seconds. I mean, you saw you saw exactly (laughs) what it was. Did the UFC drop the ball? They offered him 20 and 20, and he said, nah, he went to the PFL. Hell yes, they he dropped made a, the he ball. He made 140000 in his first That's fight. That's right. Well, they, and this is, you know, how many times do we have to say it? Look, the UFC is in their position. They can do that. Mm-hmm. They can sit there, and they can offer that low ball and say, oh, hey, you know, come in here, and let's see what you can do. And then, you know, if you start doing good, well, then we'll talk about raising your pay. Mm-hmm. Or you can be one of the... Smaller promotions, you know, PFL is not as big as the UFC. It's like Bellator, but they got to pay more, yeah. and they do pay more. Yeah, and to say I love when people say, "Oh, they don't pay more," it's like you 
have no fucking clue. Yeah. I, I, I put a tweet out. Why do people talk about shit that they have no fucking clue about? Why? <clears throat> you know, they, get, they have to comment on well, something that it's like, what you just said is absolutely wrong. And any moron that watches the sport would know it. But in this, I'm not talking about the contracts, but the PFL paid this guy what, you know, look, what he was happy with. And he went out there and performed the way they wanted mm-hmm. him to perform. So good for good for both of them. Yeah, I mean, to get the knockout that he got, it was in I, what I love is that he's obviously an entertainer. Came out like right before he's getting the crowd going. It was <laughs> it was that's what you're looking for. If someone you're paying yeah. a, a good amount of money to and he's made of it in your card and you have high expectations for him, you want him to be what he was when he walked out. That's what you want. He made him a pillow at the weigh-ins and he gave it to him and then he brought a mattress out and the walkout like all of these things <laughs> these are all things and the crowd they loved him obviously um and look you and i we've we've been we've been to the to paris for for bellator fights and other fights and stuff and it's i gotta be honest outside of <clears throat> there's a handful of arenas we've been to that i think are just spectacular and and right now and it changes given how much how much uh, MMA goes to these arenas or sport combat sports sure. go to the arenas. But for me in the beginning, it was always San Jose because of who I was extremely biased, obviously in that because I fought there so many times. LA had a couple of great performances in terms of like their crowd and the arena felt good that I had been to, but and obviously Vegas to me, but Vegas also too is hit or miss based on, you know, yeah. Vegas is hit or miss, but they're, they're, you either have a really good crowd or you can have a really shitty, crowd. but they're not local people though. That's the thing. They're all from <laughs> out from other areas. Not a lot of them live in the Vegas area, but I have noticed as of lately, um, London's always been great. Like, you know, and you know, in London or in the UK, normally the crowds are fantastic, but obviously to me, Dublin's top Dublin is the yeah. top one, but Paris is right there. Paris, Paris is, is right there. And then for me, third right now, would be Chicago, which is funny because that's where we're doing a, a show coming up for Bellator in November. But Chicago has been fantastic, especially at that arena. What's it called? Uh, the Windstar. Windstar. It's where uh, DePaul plays oh, basketball. West. Sorry, sorry. Is I it Windstar? Wintrust. Wintrust. There you go. Awesome. Um, but that arena is fantastic, man. And the crowds have been crazy insane there. So, I mean, those are the, those are the arenas changed based on you know whoever's on the card. I know that, but um. But yeah, I just, I look at, it's Dublin right now. London's always in there. But Paris to me has beaten London the last couple of times we've went. And then I look at, you know, Chicago. Those are my top three and four places I'd love to, I'd love to go to for the events because they always bring it. The fans always bring it. They're fantastic. So um, he's definitely catered to the fans and they love him for it. He's awesome. I'm looking forward to see what he does moving forward. Yeah. Anything else on Big here? win. Yeah, big win by, I, I man. Abdul Abdurgumov. Abdurgumov took on Brad Wheeler. He got a really nice submission uh, choke pretty quick in the first round. But the one I wanted to talk about was Dakota Decheva, who is their uh, up and coming rising star mm. in the flyweight division. She went out and uh, she actually had a tough fight. Uh, Cornelia Holm actually put up a good fight in a lot of ways, just what didn't have enough in the end and uh, ended up succumbing to a. Uh, body shot that put her out but dakota's good she's fun to watch she just missed with the head kick on the way down yes but that was nice the, the way she yeah. put the way she put well the combination done. together 
was very mm. impressive. Very impressive. I like I said, I didn't I didn't get a chance uh, to see these fights just because of the there was the lack of the TV. So I actually was, tried to it search. It was not through. easy. Yeah. So I had to search through on some of the YouTube, and they, this was one of the bigger highlights that they had shown. So uh, that's one you, of the. That's one thing that PFL is going to have to fix. They though, will because it's like you know, oh yeah, but they have to. Fi- you can't have fights that people want to see. Yeah, that they can't see. Well, this is one of those, and then I saw uh, Franz Malamba. He won. There he is down yep, there. He did. Yeah, he won. Yeah. I saw that too. He Split decision. decision. I heard he. I, heard, I didn't see the whole fight. I just saw the highlights to it. But they were saying that it was very controversial. So I don't know what that exactly means. You know, in terms of maybe they thought that. Um, his opponent won instead of him, but Franz is tough. Split. Franz is good. He's got, he's got good yeah. movement. He's got good head movement. He's got good, he's got good combinations. He's sneaky when it comes to his stuff. So um looking forward to see what happens to him though, but he made it into the tournament. That was his, that was his uh, fight in. So we'll see. Um, yeah. the, anything, anything else on here you're on to talk about? Nope. That's good. All right. And things that we could what view. FC? <laughs> you could view this. I did view this. Mm-hmm. Stamp Vertex taking on Ham C C He C O He I can't say mm-hmm. it, but uh, Ham C O He from uh, South Korea. Stamp Vertex, someone that we've watched uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Fight for one, fight for the championship. Um, this was for the Adam Weight uh, one title, and it's really started off a little slow, mm-hmm. but really, really started coming on, and. Uh, Stamp Fairtex just kind of started taking over into the third round. It was pretty apparent she was just too much for uh, he. I felt like it was a lot of emotion going in because Angela Lee announced yeah. her retirement. There was seemed like a lot of things that there was. You could tell, especially from Stamp Fairtex, just the emotion, I think, leading into it. They did the um, retirement for Angela Lee, and they get a little clip to the back room, and she's kind of getting a little emotional. <clears throat> and they've shared the cage, you know, Yep. And uh, she's lost to her, <clears throat> but she got a lot of respect for her. But I thought, I thought, uh, like you said, Stamp started off a little slow. Um, yeah. Both of them did actually. And then Hom, Hom, Sale, he, she, but Hom, she just, um, she was starting to, she kind of came out in the third round more aggressive than she did in the first two. Yep. And that was kind of the beginning and the end for her. That was, yeah, exactly. You know, that and was then, what gave Stamp that the openings mm-hmm. that started putting shots on he that, she just wasn't able to 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 handle, you know, some of the the knees to the body and things that were happening. Yeah, look at if you're talking about smaller fighters and atom weight is very small. Tools that they're using that have great effect are the ones that are the heavier tools: the kicks, the knees, the elbows, and that's what Stan Fairtex is. Yeah, she excels at. I mean, she landed the gray body shop, and then she finished up. She actually threw the the kick to the body right after, and then followed up with the knee. And then it was another little body shot that was able to get her out of there. I mean, she she knew once she got her hurt was to finish up going to the body, and she did a great job. And the follow ups, everything. Ref came in, great job. Uh, the Neil Kelly and Jessica Khan. Did you watch that? Good grappling match. <clears throat> it was good. Um, this is when you take someone who has cage experience. With someone who has no cage experience. I agree. And then Kelly was just able to utilize that weapon. She's like, look, yeah. you don't know how to get up. You're just going to jump guard. You're going to pull me to the fence. I mean, you're going to like try to pull me down against the fence. That's, that's oh, yeah. fine with me, but I'm just going to smash yeah. you against the fence, stuff your submissions, get your, 
get your knees and your ankles to your ears and just make you feel uncomfortable the whole time. That's exactly what yeah. she did. There's a couple great exchanges in chasing on the um, the leg locks. But Kelly, she did a great job of attacking on her own. I thought one of the catches, I thought for sure that uh, Khan should have deserved the, the rear naked catch. Uh, then that would have, I think, probably evened them up. But um, but I thought Kelly, though, overall, I thought Kelly, Kelly should have won, even if I did grade it in the whole fight in its entirety in terms of grappling. Yeah. Kelly had more of the controlling positions. She was able to get a couple sweeps. Uh, I thought she did a great job. I expected uh, Khan to be a little bit more offensive, but instead she was a little bit more defensive. And it really worked against her. And so um, uh, it was just almost like under the bright lights in the cage. Okay, let me ask you this. New. Yes. Throughout all of it, I thought I thought Jessica Jessica actually had some really good uh, transitions into offensive acts mm -hmm. against Kelly, but I never thought Kelly was truly in trouble. No, I mean there was the she one was, rear naked that it was like, and that's yeah, what they call it. She was so calm. She was she so was. calm in it and everything. It was like, man, it's just like she's not worried about it at all. And I was yeah. just like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, super calm, super relaxed, and I, I had to give her credit, man. I was like, she just is like, she's just flowing. Well, they had so. a commentator, uh, Tom DeBlas. He was there. Yeah, he. I thought he did a great job. Tom DeBlas. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did a great. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. And he broke down, uh, you know, what exactly was going on. He's like, oh, Kelly doesn't look like she's in any danger. You know, nope. the jaw. You know, in terms of Khan being caught in the uh, rear naked choke, <clears throat> it was across the jaw, and he, he made it very clear. Like, look, sure, I can still, you know fracture your orbital i can break your you know kind of dislocate your jaw there's things that can happen from there but it's very difficult sure. to get and so uh he was doing a great job of breaking it down and um yeah great stuff i thought i thought this was a, a very well contested match in terms of grappling between each other and i expect a little bit more out of con and she just i think the fence man i think kelly played the rules perfectly let me press you to the fence let me make you feel uncomfortable let me see if you can open up your offense that way and just con had no answer for it none <clears throat> John, as we scroll through this, did you watch the uh, Lineker fight? I did watch the Lineker fight. I was, it was uh, a little bit different than I thought it was going to be. I thought Lineker actually, you know, fought a smart fight mm -hmm. against Loman as far as uh, he didn't take huge chances. He didn't do the big rushes that he normally will do and stuff. He just smart in his attacks, waited for Loman at times, countered. I actually, you know, I know it went to a decision and people are going to be like, you know, oh, it wasn't that exciting. It was a smart fight for yeah. John Lineker, and it was and it was what he needed coming back because he got he got whooped in his last fight. So yeah. uh, I thought it was a very smart fight against a guy that I think is a good technician in Loman. So you have to like fans should remember that anytime a fighter loses, the last thing they want to do is drop two in a row. So yeah. all they care about is just making sure that look, even though I'm better than this guy, or even though I'm winning this fight. Just do what I can to get the win. Then after that, okay, it's like a it's like a it's like a weight lift to be lifted off your shoulders. And now the promotion's not looking at you like, okay, this guy's just dropped two in a row, two in a row. You know, where are we and then go with him? yeah, what do we do? Where we go? Like those type of things. So I, I agree with you. I thought he fought a smart fight. It's very rare he fights a smart fight. Exactly. You that know? was what I was really. You know, I was like, I know as I was watching, I go, a lot of people are not going to think this is a good fight. This is a good fight for John. Lennon. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I thought the best performance, not best performance, I bought almost like a comeback of the night was Foy Long versus Amir Khan. That fight where <laughs> Amir Khan was dominating that fight from beginning to end. He was picking him apart. 
He was making adjustments in terms of his range and keeping the, the push kick up the middle. He almost, he almost caught him a couple times with that straight up to the chin <clears throat> push yeah. kick. He was just right outside the range. Before a long man, he's been around for a while. So I was commentating oh, for one long time since when I worked with Khan or when I worked with the uh, one FC, he's been there. He's been there fighting uh, like guys like Timothy Nastukin and those guys. I mean, he he's also, been he around fought Eddie Alvarez, he fought Eddie he? Alvarez twice, I believe, because yeah. he beat Eddie. I think right? he's the one that beat Eddie his first fight. Uh, I think it was Nastukin, wasn't it? Or was it Forlong? Oh, <clears throat> uh, no, maybe it was Nastukin first, but then Forlong fought him again. Can you look up? I think yeah. they both fought. <clears throat> Let me see Eddie. Dun, dun, dun. Eddie there. No, he's not yeah. there, huh? No, it was yeah, Nasty. Winning. Oh, there he is, yeah. right there. It was Nasty. So he lost to Nasty, and then he beat, and uh, he beat Foylong. Foylong. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been around for a while, both of them. And Nasty and uh, Foylong, both of those guys, big power in their hands. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, Khan was doing, he was doing his thing, sticking and moving, using the boxing, keeping right outside the range, making Foylong miss. I was I was a little wondering why Foylong didn't try to pressure more on the top when he did get the takedowns. He didn't. He kind of backed out a couple of times. Like, what are you doing? This is where you want to be. Like, you're dominating from the top position. Let him back up to his feet. But I don't know. They were talking about he must have saw something. Well, he must have saw something. But uh, good for him. Came, I thought it was a comeback. He, he was down two rounds and uh, gets the knockout in the third round. Impressive. Great, great for him. Good for him. Yeah. Did you uh, watch the, I don't know how you say this guy's last name, Surreal and then Elliot? I did not see it, no. But I will. T I saw it. It was okay. Just a quick knockout, TKO. But the f other fight, though, with, um, <clears throat> how do you say his name? Rambolek and uh, Asia, uh, Asia Tenpao. Asia Tenpao, what a fight. Asia Tenpao was, it, it was so impressive, John. Just so tight with the kickboxing. Big time elbows came up, rocked him with some big shots, jumping, flying knee, landed I right. I saw the on ending the... of that fight. I good, saw the ending of it. Good heavens! Yeah. Yeah. Just impressive, impressive performance um, by Asia. And Tenpon. he landed the kick as he was going down. Yes. It's like, yep. <clears throat> so he hit him yeah. with the knee, and before he could actually get down, boom! He had threw the kick and went through. It was it was a very impressive performance. Very yeah, impressive. Look, I think. What's your what's where 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 are you at with one? As far as a promotion, yes, I I really enjoy what they do as far as the variety that they bring. Okay, the biggest problem I I see with them is their their bulk is is in the lighter weight classes. That's where you take a look at the talent that they really have. That you go, man, that that guy's fun to watch is usually in the lighter weight classes that they have. I love the fact that they do the Muay Thai with the with the MMA gloves. It makes for a different type of fight. It's oh, yeah. fun, and it's uh, it's exciting, and you normally, and I'm not saying it's the best for the fighters, but normally you see finishes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really enjoy that part of it. I like the grappling that they put on, Yeah, you know, as far as the aspect, but I do think that they need to change some rules in it to make it to where... It's forcing the athletes to go for the submissions more than they are at times. But overall, I love their promotion. It's the heavier weight classes that when you're looking at the fighters they have, they're very they've got a couple and then they've got nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> and and that's really the problem with them. I think in you know the Asian market, they're they're freaking gonna continue on and they're gonna look great and do good things. 
as they come. I know they're trying to, you know, really, you know, come into the States and God bless them for trying to do it. And I hope they're successful. They're going to have a hard time here because of the fact that most of their fighters are of lighter weights. They've got some great ones, but when you get into the heavier weight classes, yeah, you just don't have that depth that's going to help them here compared to being in Asia. Well, Americans like watching the heavyweights. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's, a. I, I like what they're doing. Um, I like how they, they bring all the action in terms of all different parts of the martial arts. Yeah. The Muay Thai, with the elbows and knees with the Muay Thai or with the uh, MMA gloves. I think it makes it a lot better that way because those shots that can sneak through now it makes the fight more effective. Um, yeah. The jiu-jitsu, it depends. If I watch the Rule of Tiller Brothers, I can't ask for yeah. a better. <clears throat> I can't ask for a better grappling style match because they just attack unless and you attack. unless you have DeRitter who's yeah. going against them, that is just defensive. Yeah, I mean you'll well, get you'll occasionally is, get those. You you've got to have some. In my opinion, you got to have it to where if you get someone that is just completely defensive, as far as I'm just gonna you can't take me down. I'm gonna make sure that you can't take me down. <clears throat> It becomes. This is where people will say that grappling is boring. Grappling is not boring unless someone tries to make it boring. Yeah. And so you've got to have a rule that makes them say, "Okay, I can't just do this. I have to be offensive." That's that's the only thing I would change for them. And, yeah. and I would come up with something that that may, that forced the fight the the competitor into being offensive after a certain amount of time or so. Got it. That's true. Like you have, uh, you have twenty seconds or twenty something to start mounting yep. that offensive, opening your guard, or we're gonna take points, <clears throat> yeah, or whatever it is. I don't know, but they've got something, man. I feel like they do have something. They just they've got to find a way to get it to the next <clears throat> level. Signing more bigger guys, um, you know, it's awful hard right now. It is, and but that's that that goes for every promotion, John. It's not just sure. one. I mean, look at the heavyweight division no, in the no. UFC. There's what five, maybe six. They're the top yeah. guys. And then the rest of them, it just kind of drops off. Significantly, it drops off. And I'm not yeah, trying to knock the guys that are below that, but like you, you like where are we at in the heavyweight heavyweight division, buddy? Come right. on, Dave. Yeah, it's right there. Oh, right. there it is. Okay. So you've got Cyril gone. You got Pavlovich. You got Stipe. Is I mean, he's we won't know until we'll see exactly how he looks after he fights John. Uh, you know, Curtis Blades, <clears throat> Volkov, Spivik. But I look at the Spivik and the Volkov area. That's kind of where it drops off. You might even say it drops off at the Curtis Blades area. Now, I've, I've got hopes for some younger guys. Where's Almeida? Yeah. Number nine. Jelton, he's nine. Yeah, I got hopes for him. But then you get to like Derek Lewis, Tybura, you know, Rosenstruck, uh, Romanov. I mean, I've got, you know, it's like you, you have hopes for some of the guys. But then I really just Almeida is kind of the only one in that past that number five that I really think like, okay. This is a guy I could see maybe they hang their future on a little bit. It's hard. And the Bellator's no different. You know, you've got, you know, your top no, three all. or four. Yeah. You know, the PFL's got, you know, they've got yeah. it's a handful, you know. The heavyweight division is to not me. Not that many. It's just not yeah. a lot of heavyweights. It's like, tough. I've said it. They're always, they're all probably all out there playing football. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're playing yeah. football and basketball. And that's, yeah. if you're smart. Making quadruple That's probably the right thing to do. Exactly. Making quadruple the money on the practice squad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. What else you got for us, Dave? Uh, before we move yeah. on though, you want you guys, 
Uh, join us over there at OnlyFans.com slash in. OnlyFans.com slash in. Join us over there. We want to thank you guys so much for supporting us, not only on YouTube and not on all of our audio platforms. Hit the subscribe button on our audio platforms as well. But also, um, thank you guys for supporting us on the OnlyFans. We've got about 500, maybe a little bit more than 500 subscribers over there. I want to thank you guys so much. Um, I still haven't dropped the uh, Ireland pictures. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> you promise. I know, me. man. I've just been traveling. I, I, I would want to say I, I want to stop traveling, but <clears throat> I've got some kid sports stuff coming up, and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot, man. So, all righty, all righty, all righty. But, hey, join us over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Oh, some fight announcements, Dave. Like we, there were some that we just didn't talk about last week because we knew there was no big fights this week coming up. So we decided we were going to save some of them. Well, this yep. is one of them: Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. John, that's a great fight. I love this fight. <laughs> Look, Sean Brady, fifteen and one. His one loss was to Bilal Muhammad when he went over to uh, the United, United Arab Emirates. And uh, he's just a hell of a fighter. He's got a great stand-up game. He's got phenomenal grappling and wrestling and grappling ability. He's got a gas tank. He's the full package, you know, and it's a matter of just putting all those things together in the right way and, and uh, the transitions that he makes. But Kelvin Gastelum is still my Roberto Duran of MMA. I love the dude. But he's going down in weight. We're going to see how that weight cut to 170. But this is a matchup, both guys. You know, Kelvin is Kelvin's a dog, and he's going to be right there in the middle of uh, Sean. Their wrestling is kind of canceling each other out. I think Sean might have the better submission game if you're going to mm-hmm. look for it. Overall, stand up wise, I, th- I might go with uh, Kelvin. Yeah, you know, it's it's close, but this is a great matchup. Yeah, I look at I look at it the same way you do. I think the speed's going to be a little bit of a factor though for Sean. Is that I think that I think Kelvin Glassman is going to have a little bit faster hands. I think that's what's going to happen with Kelvin Gass. He'll have the faster hands. Yeah. He's got the better stand up a little bit, not by much, but he has the better stand up. Um, whereas Kelvin's also he's not afraid to give one to t- or take one to give one. Nope. Where Sean's going to be looking is he'll be looking to strike, but to get the fight to the ground because I do have him having quite the advantage on the ground when it comes to jujitsu and a little bit of that wrestling. But will he get after it quickly? Will he have a fast enough double leg or single leg? To get himself in there on the takedowns and get Calvin Calvin Gaslam down. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is that how old is Kelvin Gaslam? Dave, can you look that up for me? 33, 35, 36. No. Yeah. That old, huh? But yeah, if there's one thing if you're gonna be talking about 31, 31, huh? Holy 31. Shit. I thought My 30, God, I apologize. I 32, 33. Jeez. I apologize. Well, you know, the one thing you gotta look take a look, you know, if Dave now scrolls. Look at the list of fighters that Kelvin Gastelum has fought. Yeah. I mean, uh, just a shitload yeah. of top guys. He's got big wins against, you know, guys that were champions and stuff. And he's fought everybody. Yeah. Vitor Belford down there. Chris Weidman, Bisbing, Jacare, yeah. Izzy, Izzy, Darren Till, Till Hermanson, Whitaker, Cannoneer. If he goes down, go down, go down, go down. There we go. Johnny Hendricks, oh, T. Wood. Nate Marquardt, Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. I mean, he's fought everybody, dude. Rick Story. I haven't heard that name for a while. Rick Story was Uriah tough, Hall. Yeah, he was tough. He came to AK and trained a little bit there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Nate Marquardt. Man. man, he's got some work, man. Uriah Hall. Man. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. No, he's he he, has, look, he's good. There's no doubt he's good. 
uh, he's never really made the weight at 170. So I want to yeah. see him make this weight and still have a performance. You know, like, will he still have that gas tank in the in the third round? I mean, his fight, obviously, for me, I mean, with Izzy was just... I know he came up short. I know it was like his time. But, man, what a fight. I mean, outside of what Sean Strickland did, you know, to Izzy, no one's ever done that to Izzy. Even the fight with Alex Pereira. Like, Alex, he looked like... He had lost almost every round going in that first, he lo- he lost, first fight, but yeah. you know the first fight in the UFC. He had he, lost three of the rounds yeah. up to that point in the fifth round. Exactly, yeah. and so but whereas with Kelvin Gassum, he had put some damage on him. He put some oh, damage. Yeah. He made him was making him work. He was doing. He fought a fantastic fight, and uh, this is going to be an interesting fight because it's going to come down to normally when guys go from one eighty five to one seventy, the speed discrepancy is a problem. But I think Kelvin's going to be a little bit of the faster fighter in this fight. <clears throat> I think the, the hand speed, the the way that he comes out, the, he's just a lot more of an active fighter. You know, like he's a lot more movement, a lot more things that go on. He's a busier he's more fighter. Movement. I th- I think the speed is going to be pretty much equal. Equal? Yeah. Okay. I really do. But because yeah, Sean's his hands are fast. Yeah. He's got fast hands. You know, and uh, he's physically strong. I, it's just a great matchup. So. Yeah. Thank you very much, either Sean Shelby or <laughs> Nick Maynard. You did a great job putting that fight together. Next fight. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, oh. Shavkat Rachmanov going up against Wonder Boy Steven Thompson. That's at the end of the year in Las Vegas. Not too sure that Steven Thompson asked for this fight. <laughs> he got bullied into this fight, John. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look. Oh yeah. There's nothing he can do. Like he's they're, they're like you're 40 years old or 41, and no matter how much we care, like no matter how much we like you and what you've done for us, which we, they do, they like you. They do. We are they? I mean, like they just don't, for they don't want to give him. They're not, not going to give fighting his last fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't give him the Kamaru Usman fight. Kamaru wanted it. He wanted it. Yeah. It just did. I, I'm surprised. But then again, we're going to see exactly. This is going to be like this fight. I think Shavkat is going to be able to muscle. I would say muscle him around, but find ways to get into that clinch and get this fight to the ground. I know on the feet that Shavkat's got the. I think he's got power. He's he's slick on the feet also, but he's gonna. I think he's gonna fight a smart fight. He's gonna to try to take this fight to the ground, and he'll do it in mixing it up. He won't do it like he's not just gonna go out there and just wrestle right away. I think he's no. gonna stand a little bit. He's gonna to try to figure out the range and how he and how Thompson moves. But can he get the fight? Can will he keep it on the feet after he feels comfortable? I don't know. We're gonna find out. Not a lot of people can stand in front of Stephen Thompson and feel comfortable. This is true. But I, I look at it. Stephen Thompson is his stand up. If you're gonna look at the two of them, Shavkat's a much more standard, basic style. Obviously, we all know what you know Stephen Thompson does. But it'll be Stephen's gonna have to limit his offensive output in, in the attacks that he makes based upon he knows how good Shavkat is as far as his body locks and taking people down from mm-hmm. there. So, so Steven's got to be careful with how he attacks and his in-and-out movement. But good matchup still. And, and I, it's one of those you take a look. It's obviously, you know, that the UFC is looking and saying, well, well you know, this is a good this is a good name for Shavkat if he beats Stephen Thompson. 
And if Steven Thompson, you know, beats Shavkat, well, then maybe we will start, you know, looking at giving yeah. you Kamaru Usman and then one one uh, title shot past that if it if it comes. So who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, but if Shavkat wins this fight, where do you think this puts him? Can you pull up the rankings oh, for us, buddy? Man, look, this puts him right in in line. He's right there with you know, yeah. You know, Blah Muhammad and all all of them because he's seventeen and zero. How many? I want to say this will make him what six and zero, five and zero, or six and zero in the UFC. Mm. Um, he's uh, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's taking all the fights that they're giving him, and he's finishing his opponents. You know that, what? I, that's a that's a big difference maker too. I'm I'm wondering why they gave him Stephen Thompson. They didn't go right to Bilal Muhammad. I don't know. Why do they just say like, "Hey, Bilal, this is your fight"? No matter what, could be that Bilal didn't want him. <clears throat> that might be. I don't, I'm not saying he did turn it down. I'm just saying it could be that he didn't want him. I wouldn't mind seeing Kamaru Usman and Bilal Muhammad either. That's a fight that. Yeah, but you know I. what's funny? Dana said Bilal's got to fight. So he has to fight. No, but he no. He Dana said they said, "Well, you know, like Bilal is the only guy." He's like, "No, Bilal's got to fight." He said that in one okay. of his in one of his more recent press yeah. conferences. So I don't know who it is. No one's been, no one's buzzing about it, but okay, we're gonna so find out. I mean, it would make sense if it was Kamar Usman. Boy, it would. You know, Definitely it would make sense. It would make it's sense. Right fight. Yep. So we can have so, our clear since you cut. Have, since you have Colby going against Leon. Yeah. Kamaru and Bilal would definitely make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only one out there right now is just left. I don't understand why Hamza's still there. Please, guys. It's just, just remove it. Like, fight, what, when you, he's fighting at middleweight. Have, have you seen him, John? He looks yes. huge. <laughs> huge it's like cr- he's gonna be a middleweight he's growing still he's a uh, he's a young man and he's still gonna be growing crazy. and stuff making welterweight is too hard on him it's something that he's not gonna be able to do anymore stay with middleweight he's got the fight with paulo costa and then there's so many fights that he could have in the middleweight division just depends on what they want to do with him i'm not gonna lie though i was kind of looking forward to the shavkat uh Chimaya fight not gonna lie, I was kind of like, like probably about a year ago. I was like, man, if they ever make that fight, it should be a great fight. That's why out. I think that I like the Chimaya versus Bo Nickel fight. <laughs> Will you give you know, Bo I, some time, please? No, so Bo ruthless. is like Bo's good. You know, did you ever watch Bo against Gordon Ryan? In, in yeah, the, I saw it. Grappling that I they saw did. It. Okay, if if he can just do that mm. with Gordon Ryan. Not worried about Bo Nickel, but as far as getting hurt, Bo Nickel's he's just fine. No, I understand. And he's getting better all but the I'm time. But I'm saying though, on the feet against Chimaev, he doesn't. That's where I, I think get... Chimaev right now is better. You're right. You know, yeah, yeah, on the I feet, agree. absolutely. So that's yeah. where my concern is. Like if he can't, but I get think the Bo Nickel out wrestles him, and Chimaev usually makes his bones and gets his wins based upon his ability to out wrestle somebody. Yeah. But I think his ability to out-wrestle uh, Bonick would just be a sprawling brawl, try to keep his back off the fence, and then let the shots go. Okay. You know, so I think I would like to see Bo with one or two more fights before we start talking Chimaya. <laughs> You're always wanting one or two more One, one or two. I'm just trying to play one it safe two. for the fighters, just, just man. give me one more fight. Come just on. Let him have one more. Yeah. Uh, All right. What else you got for us? All right, we got Fig versus Font, December 2nd as well. This is crazy to me. Why? Oh, sorry. Never mind. Never mind. I don't know why. I don't know why I was thinking. They look identical, by the way, in this picture. <laughs> they look very similar. I thought picture. it was the same guy for one uh, second. 
I was like, wait, where's the who? who the same guys fighting what? himself? What? No, they look. They I look, think that, I'm being honest. I think this is a very difficult fight for Devison Figueredo. Rob Font and his style is Rob is good on the feet. He's he proved in his last fight. Look, he's a lot better on the ground than we gave him credit for and anyone was really uh, talking about. He's tough as hell. We know that. Mm -hmm. And we've seen where Devison has problems as the fights go on in the rounds where Font, he doesn't, you know, he may get, he may take shots. He may take damage, but he's got a gas tank. Yeah. And he continues on. So this is a tough fight for Figueroa. Yeah, I think if if he just if Rob Font's able to sprawl and brawl, keep this thing and just touch touch him with the hands, throw in a couple of kicks here and there when you feel it. My concern might be the speed a little bit. I think Devison Federico might be a little bit of a faster fighter, um, but Rob stays tight with the boxing. He doesn't really yep. get himself out of position, and he's just got to keep it simple. Stick the jab at his chest or at chin level. Don't try to stick it above, you know at the face. Stick it right at that chest level. And do your work, man. Just take your time. Uh, is this the main event? No, it doesn't specify. I would think so. <clears throat> really? I would there, think there's so. a ton. I assume that, this is the main event right here. Oh, hmm. that could be. Got it. Um, but it, but it yeah. still doesn't specify five rounds. That's on the same. That's on the December second, same same yeah. night. So fight night card. Uh, very nice. Got it. Got it. Got it. Very nice. Next fight. We we have um Vicente Luque and Ian Gary on December sixteenth. Another one. I think it's a great matchup. I know I know you were thinking that Vicente had a, coming off a loss. You gotta remember he fought RDA. That's right. And and he uh he had a very good performance against RDA. And look Ian Machado Gary's good and he's got a lot in the stand up, but and he could definitely hurt Vicente Luque and put him out of there. But if he, this is the kind of fight that I think Ian Gary needs. I think this is the kind of fight that's going to put him either net to that next level or is going to be the fight that teaches him there are levels. You know, and Vicente Luque, he got past, you know, some of the damage that he's taken in fights and he had a long time off for a while. And now he's come back. He looked good in his last fight, he fought smart. I think you know, stand up wise, he's you know he's as he's willing to stand and bang with anybody, and he's got power in his hands. He will take the fight to the ground too. So this is a a multifaceted fighter that uh, Gary is going to have to figure his way through. He's obviously hot right now, and I think that's why they made the fight. This is what I think. Dave, pull up Vicente Luque for me, please. John, they both train at Kill Cliff. So yes, he, they do. If Ian Gary takes this fight, he knows something. Like you're a young kid, like he knows whether you know what I can get the better of this guy, which is really strange to me. That is you. Well, you are picking to be the heel right away. Like you're literally saying, you know what? You train at my gym, and I know I'm better than you. I'm gonna fight you. Uh, but I, I, th I believe, <clears throat> I believe Vicente has not been training at. at uh, Killcliffe recently. Oh, okay. He was for a long time, still goes in there every night, but from what I, he's back in, uh, I want to say he's in, uh, he was in Brazil. I remember hmm. them saying there's something about that. Okay. It could, could be he's still there, but I, 
it is strange because they both, yeah, they're both associated with Kill Cliff. With other guys that are ahead in the rankings or guys that are there, I would find that you'd find somebody else to fight. But then if that's the case, like you're, you're obviously saying like, hey, I remember training with you and I know like I can, I can get the better you or I was faster than you. Or, you're, you're automatically saying, if the younger guy is saying, yeah, I want that fight or yeah, I'll go ahead, I'll sign on the line. That lets you know that he believes. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have taken that fight. No, I've trained with him. Like, I need one more fight before I get there. <laughs> he's thinking that he's got this fight in the bag. Now, who knows? Maybe he just believes this is the time because of Vicente. Well, he also called out <clears throat> Stephen Thompson. He's look. Ian Gary is not trying to back off of anybody. He's he's wanting that that nice little uh, ride to the top, and he's willing to fight. Well, I don't really call it courage when you call out a forty year old. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now, accepting yeah. the fight with Vicente Luque, who's 31 years old and he's a stud and yep. has fought, you know, everybody. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's a little bit on the downturn right now. So I don't know what it is with him, but something's not, something's not clicking. Like a little bit of the speed is off, a little bit of the, the combinations. Something's off with him a little bit right now. I don't know what it is, but uh, he hasn't looked his same, you know, after he went on that little run there for a while to get himself high up in the rankings. Where Ian Gary right now is. He's obviously feeling himself. He, he's he's believing in everything. He he's he's believing in his own paper clippings. He believes it. That's good. That's what you need. He should. You need to believe in what you're doing if you're going to be successful. Yeah. So good say, fight. Look, this is be a good fight. He's, he's been doing good. Misha Tate taking on Julia Avila again December second. So that December second UFC fight night from the Apex. That's going to be a good card. They got to cram them all in before the year ends, because if not, they got to pay them out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, they got to get those fights. getting loaded. Yeah, yeah. We've been on. I've been on the receiving end of that a couple times, uh, and I always hated it too. But this, at, at least, it's before Christmas and New Year's. That's the way you got to look at it. It's like it sucks during Thanksgiving, but you got to look at it like at least it's before Christmas and New Year's. So you get that check right before Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And it's blown, and you want to fight again by February. You just don't. <laughs> you can you can have a turkey dinner, just turkey. No man. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I want to see where she's at, Misha Tate. You know, and um, I want to see. I want to see where she's at. One thirty-five for her. She's not decided not to go down to twenty-five. She's at thirty-five. You know, uh, she's not old. What is she? Thirty-six, thirty-five. How old is Misha now? Yeah, somewhere right in there. You know, yeah, she's somewhere in there. Um, I want to say she was 34 when she retired. Yeah, well, she's 37. 37. 37. Look at her body in this sure dog picture and look at her body now. Yeah. She has leaned out so much since, yeah. you know, before. Yep. Just shredded. I'm a, I'm a big, huge Misha Tate fan, so I can't say anything. <laughs> I'm very biased. I'm very biased. Very biased. So, next um, one. Next one. All right. Oh. Jared Cannonier versus Roman Delice. That's a great fight matchup, too. They got some good. That's December 2nd, too. December 2nd. Man, thank God I don't have to pay for that, son, bitch. Who? Because I actually would. Who is going to be on the prelims? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Who's going to be on the prelims? Um, I'll tell you what. I think it's a great fight. This is a, this is a, this is a tough, tough fight for Jared Cannonier. Shh. Uh, look yeah. at Roman Delizzi. He just reminds me of those guys that every time you hit someone, that it hurts. It's like, it looks, looks like everything about him just looks, 
like it's just painful to like grapple with you or if I was to kick you and you block and I want to hit your elbow, like the bone density, all those things. Yeah. I don't know. I think Jared Cannonier's got all the tools, man. You've seen like he's come down from the weight losses. Now he's down at, you know, at 85. But he's someone that mentally is mentally strong. You can tell you don't get down to 185 pounds after dropping all that weight from heavyweight all the way down to 205 now to this. I mean, the guy's got it. Mentally, he's got it. He just got to go out there and perform. But at least he's a hard fight for anyone. Strength, wrestling, like power in his hands, and a little bit of a mean streak in him. Yeah, this is his first fight back since his loss yeah. to Vittori. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which a lot of people were yeah. eh, 50-50 on. Who yeah, I was fight, very so. 50-50 on it. I was. But this is going to be a good fight. I'm pumped for this fight. This is like, you, like you're saying, December 2nd is going to be a fun, fun night. What else you got? All right. That ends it for the fates. That yeah. ends it. Ton of them. But we do have one story I want to touch on. I just saw it in the What's headlines. That? Just one? And oh, I'll, just one? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> one story really worth really worth spending time on in the podcast. Um, really? And Tim Kennedy had put a post on X, formerly Twitter, um, about it was the anniversary of a fight, and he made comments about the rules and kind of insinuated Big John's responsible for uh, an issue there. And then... It was obviously picked up. Responsible. Big John, re- Big John replied on X. Um, and then, John, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about this and, and clear up anything that you might think is off here. Um, Tim had posted on X. Robbery anniversary and the end of my fight career. Dear Nevada Athletic Commission, NAC 467.728. If a combatant fails or refuses to resume competing when the bell sounds, the referee shall award a decision of TKO. Okay. How about that? I guess I should come up with the Nevada Athletic Commission uh, thing on grabbing people's gloves and punching them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that too. Uh, You know, look, here's the... Josh, Josh, I'm going to have you be... You be the judge on this, okay? Because I'm just going to tell you the truth of what occurred. John, why you always got to bring me in all your drama? Why I got to pull? Why I got to be out here trying? <laughs> okay, Dave, podcast. No, Dave. no, I got. Hey, I can't, I can't, I can't let Tim. And I, I love Tim Kennedy, man. I like him a lot. I love Tim, but I can't let Tim Kennedy bully my boy around, man. They are not doing this. Uh, not first today. off, there, there ain't no bullying going on. This is he. He can sit there and he can come up with his stuff as far yep. as robbery anniversary and end of my fight career. Well, he fought a guy named Kelvin Gastelum after that. So, mm. obviously, it wasn't the end of his career. Maybe it was psychologically. Yeah. Okay? So, and I'm not saying it wasn't, but, you know, what occurs in that entire thing, I used to sit and try to go through all kinds of different scenarios. So, I would always have an idea of where to go when something happened. And, you know, this is one that, you know, I never thought I would have to figure out how do I get a cut man that works for the UFC back in a cage? Because, you know, what, what occurs in this thing? And I have, I I have not watched it. I watched it when, uh, after it happened and because I wanted to figure out what do I do to handle this better? Because there was, there's always ways of handling things better. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I've always said, you know, first off, 
Tim wanted me to do something to Yoel that wasn't fair. But I will I, I flat out honestly say it 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 also wasn't completely fair to Tim. But well, let me, let me also let, let me stop you. Real quick. Problem. Go ahead. Let me stop you. Let me. We have to start this thing from the beginning because a lot of these fans, okay. the people that are listening to our show, they have no idea what you're talking about. This is how okay. old. This is how old we are. We're dating ourselves right now, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what UFC it was, as far as the number. You'd have to look it up, Dave, to yeah. find out. But uh, I want to say it was in September, though. I think, I think I do remember that. Um, so Tim Kennedy's fighting Yoel Romero. That's the situation, yeah. okay? And then they, they and I and I and I will be honest. Tim had you know uh, in the back. He talked to me and talked to me about hey, you know, uh, he's been known to uh, you know to have problems holding himself as far as you know. He can he kind of you know shat himself against uh, Derek Brunson. You know, and it was called the Dookie Gate and stuff like that. He goes, he says, man, I don't want to be fighting someone. I said, don't worry about that. If that occurs, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. And I went through it with him, right? Well, this, the fight happens in the second round, right near the end of it. Tim, and I don't see it, uh, grabs a hold of Yoel's, it would have been Yoel's right hand. And Tim starts throwing his right hand. And he actually hurts Yoel. And Yoel goes back into the cage. And he cuts him, and he cuts him over the left eye. And when he cuts him, he's, he's going after him, but the bell sounds. You know, ten I hear the 10-second clacker, and finally the bell sounds, and I stop it. And, and Tim, you know, thinks he's the winner of the fight. And I said, no, it's the end of the round. Go back to your corner. And he's, and he's almost a little bit, you know, like, oh, what the fuck, you know? And it's like, you didn't hurt, you, you hurt him, but you didn't hurt him that bad. It's not for me to be stopping the fight. So he goes back to his corner. I actually go back and I have a doctor come in and look at Yoel while I go to Tim's corner to check on Tim, just to look at him and make sure he's good. I go back, I talk to the ringside physician, ringside physician, he's fine. You know, no problem at all, let him go. And when I walk over to Yoel, I see that the UFC cut man who has now left the cage has taken Vaseline on that cut and he's put a giant fucking glob and then smeared it going back to his ear. And I'm looking at like, and I'm thinking of both of them. Yoel is a, is a guy who is a wrestler, but he likes to stand up. But Tim is a good grappler. Oh yeah. Tim's a damn good grappler. And, and I really, where I, where I first figured out how good a grappler Tim Kennedy was, was when he fought Trevor Prangley. Yeah. You know, he dominated yeah. Trevor Prangley on the ground. I was like, God damn, he's good. And so the first thing that I thought about is I can't put Yoel back out with that Vaseline because it could have an effect on if Tim decides, you know, this fight goes to the ground and he's trying to hold on to him. Now he's slipping out. You had the whole BJ pin and George St. Pierre thing. So, the Nevada State Athletic Commission inspector, Charlie Anzalone, I tell, get that cut man in here and get that wiped off because mm -hmm. I don't want to touch Yoel's eye. If I touch the eye and I break the eye back open, I've altered the fight. So I don't want to be the one touching the cut. And so Charlie Anzalone tells Yoel, you know, stay seated. He goes to get the cut man, and at about this time, Tim is now like, you know, 
saying something. And he's starting to, he comes over. So now I'm walking Tim back saying, get yourself back to your corner. I'm not starting the fight till you're back in your corner. And then I walk back and Charlie Anselin has brought in, not the cut man. He's brought in the corner man for Yoel Romero. So there was a mistake right there. Okay. Now it was it my mistake. No, but you know, I got to deal with it. So you know, this guy's, you know, first off, he's Spanish speaker. He doesn't understand a fucking word I'm saying. And he's like, you know, trying to figure out what, what they want. And I tell Charlie, get him the fuck out of here. Right. And I can't get, I haven't gotten the cut man to come back in. Now the problem is the cut man is hired by the UFC. He's not hired by UL and the cut man that was with Tim being, I think stitch at the time, he's not hired by Tim. So when the cut man doesn't come back in or because the cut man put too much crap all over Yoel's face, that's not on Yoel's corner. Mm -hmm. That guy is independent of his corner. And so he's the one that's caused me the problem. He's the one that is, and, and this is, this all goes down to, you know, time and experience that cut man at the time, he's a good guy. But at the time, he hadn't been doing cuts for very long, and he has a pretty big fight, and he has now a stressful situation where he's got about a two-inch long cut, so it's a good one, and he's trying to close it, and he's trying to hurry, and he hasn't learned all the little things that he can do right. at this point to you know be really good at it, and so he makes a mistake. Now I've got to try to get them up and out, and the whole thing takes about a minute and a half. It's a minute 28 for that round for me to start the round. Now, most rounds in the UFC, when you're talking about, you know, pay-per-view shows or anything like that, based upon, you know, Anik or Goldberg at the time, you know, doing their reads and stuff, most of them start somewhere between 113 and 116. It's a little bit more than a minute. Yeah. Because you're waiting for someone to signal you to be able to start it. I've had people on Twitter say, when the bell sounds, the bell sounds. The bell doesn't sound, you dipshits. We don't have a bell. <laughs> it's, it really is the it's ref like, going, you ready? You ready? Okay, that's fine. It. That's, that's it, right? And so it's like, there's no bell to start it. I didn't stop it off the bell. Shit. So finally I get, you know, I tell you, all, get up. Now I should have done, looking back, and one of the things I figured, <clears throat> I should have made sure that I didn't allow you all to stay on that stool. Yeah, because it just looked bad. Because then you have Rogan, you know, saying his stuff because he doesn't know everything that's going on. He doesn't realize it's the cut man. Yeah, and so you know, I finally get him up. It's a minute twenty eight by the time I get him going, and then Tim gets rocked and he gets hurt and he loses the fight. And so that's the fight that he's talking about. And if you're going to say, you know, could I have done something better? Yeah, I should have had Yoel stand up earlier. It doesn't matter what you know. Normally the the stool. And all that is Out. the Nevada Athletic Commission guy. Either he'll assign it to a trainer or he'll actually bring the stool in, put it down, grab it out. He's the one responsible for your mouthpiece. He's going to say, you have your mouthpiece in, all that stuff, right? I, I should have taken and I should have just said, no, I'm going to do it. I'll take over. But I was trying to, you know, we're a team. You kind of, do, you know, let them do their job. You do your job. And so, you know, Tim's upset about that fight. Okay. But how do I find or how do I deduct points or how do I DQ Yoel Romero when he didn't do anything wrong? It wasn't him. He was fine to go, according to the doctor, 
30 seconds after the round ended. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not like he was loopy and it wasn't his corner that created the problem. There was people now saying, Oh yeah, I remember they, they dropped ice. There was no ice dropped. Okay. It wasn't ice. It was the UFC's cut man was the one that created the issue. That was what made the fight delay. Hmm. And how do I, how do I find or, you know, DQ or eliminate points from one guy when that's not his corner. Couldn't do it. And trust me, I wanted to do something. I just looked and said, I can't. And now do I look, I go back and I look and I say, is that completely fair to Tim? No, it's not. But it's not, it's the same as it wasn't completely fair that Tim hooked the glove of Yoel and I didn't do anything about that, but it's, it's so fast in the moment of time that, okay, you're going to have to fight your way through it. It is just what it is. And if you want to put blame, put blame. I don't give a shit. It doesn't bother me. You know where you have to go, for me, where I go with this, as a fighter, from my perspective yeah. on this whole yeah. situation. <clears throat> of course, with Tim, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's getting more time to recover. Sure. Um, but all of those things, all those things, doesn't to me, it doesn't really matter. As a fighter, this is what happens. He was on cloud nine that he had rocked yes. him right before the end of the round. And as yep. soon as the round didn't start when it was supposed to sound, then everything went out the door. It didn't exactly. matter what Tim was doing. Tim's emotions, Tim's ebbed flow of his emotions. Like, I've got him hurt. He's going to be done. Yep. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to finish this fight. And then the, the little, that 10 seconds or 15 seconds extra. It's like the guys jumping up on the cage thinking they won. Well, and then they're told no. And the you example, come back. It's like, Michael oh, Bisbing and uh, Anderson Silva. Anderson yep. Silva thought he won. No, no, buddy. It's not over. Get in your corner. <clears throat> you know, and that's that's where you're at. Like, there's fights. Yeah. I have seen it too many times where the fighter drops the guy right before the, the round. Then the, the, the fighter is able to get up and stumble back to his corner. But he got back to his corner. Round starts back up. Oh, the fight was over. He thought he won because the ref waved it off. Like, hey, this is the round. Fighter thinks it, it's over. I've knocked him out. No. The, the bell went. This is it. Yep. You go back to your corner. Daniel, Daniel Weisel versus Patricio Pitbull yes. the first time. Yes. Yep. Thinking yeah. you win the fight and then come back in the second round or third round or whatever round it is in the next round and your emotions got the better of you. Yep. And I've seen it too many times. Well, you've seen it, I'm sure, more than I have. And um, it's ha it's like it's been something that's happened consistently. It's just the it's that you feel like you've won. Everything is your your energy level, everything, your endorphins, all of that stuff gets so high. And then there's this little thing, little tiny thing, and you let it ruin everything. You let it get to you. You let it believe. And then all of a sudden you get in trouble. Then it's like a snowball. It really is like quicksand. It happens so fast. You don't realize. Next thing you know, your head's underwater and you're, you're getting finished you're or you're getting choked yeah. or you're like, shit, how'd I end up here? I was winning this fight. And then now what you want to do is you want to put blame somewhere. It's it's uh it's an unfortunate thing, unfortunate circumstances. But like you said, you go in the back and you explain to him, hey, the cut man is not employed by me. It's not employed by the fighter. It's employed by the UFC. And whatever he did, I have to fix it. You cannot have a, glue, a big thing of Vaseline from your face all the way to the back of your neck. I just can't do it. You know, or to the back of your ear. It's just, I have to get yep. it wiped off. And this... It's it's a shitty situation to be in. I mean, I would imagine for a ref, and I'm not deciding with you on it, just because it's where you and I are here no, talking about it. In the in the end, I actually was the one that wiped that Vaseline off, and I opened up his cut, and I was like, ah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> but 
But you yeah. can't have you can't have that's the thing. Like otherwise it would have taken another thirty seconds. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get the cut man back in. And it, it was funny because at after the whole thing, you know, at the end of the fight, and Mark Ratner, who is, you know, the the vice president of regulatory affairs for the UFC, and uh he comes to me and he says, He goes, he says he goes, Johnny, he goes, you know, he says, you know, why why did we why did we not take points from Yoel with it when his corner did that? And I said, Mark, that wasn't his corner. That was your fucking cut man. He goes, My cut man. And I go, Yeah. I want you to think about it. This is what occurred. And he goes, Ah, shit, I'm sorry. He goes, We'll we'll take care of that. <laughs> and so yeah. it came up, it did it did come up in the uh press conference afterwards with Dana. And Dana, you know, the he basically says, yeah, he says, you know, that was an unfortunate situation. He goes, but I've been told it's kind of like uh, something that we need to, to, to fix and work out. <laughs> so that was Look, that I, was in the end. I, and I was told, you know, it was funny because at the time I wanted to talk about it. The Nevada State Athletic Commission at the time was run by Bob Bennett. He said, I don't want you, you know, don't talk to the media about this. You know, let's just let it go. He says, you, you know, you did the right thing. You got it going as much as quick as we could. He goes, that's something that we're going to have to figure out how to deal with since it's their, you know, the, the promotions cut, man, not the, not the fighters. Well, Mark Ratner was so, the, the commission, right, for Las Vegas for the longest time, right? And then he started working yeah, for the UFC. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he should, I mean, he obviously knows. He knows the rules and oh, like yeah. what, you know, he but knows. like from the outside looking in though, Dick, if, if he's going like, what the fuck's going on? What do you think the fighter's going through at that moment? I, and, and I totally understand yeah. How at the uh, at the moment Tim was like, I'm getting fucked. Yeah, you know, and and like I said, I in some way I I agree. I look and I say mm -hmm. it. In the end, it wasn't fair for him, but there was nothing that I could do to make it fair for him. Yeah, but here's nothing, the thing. nothing was there within my within my power. But here's the you brought up a good point earlier. Like he then he said the end of his career. Then he went and fought Kelvin Gaslam and he lost that fight. What it is though is that you you work so hard to get to a goal and a peak. There's nothing. It's not obviously not on you. Is that then once you lost that one fight, he's at a stage in his career in his life. Like I've been there, you know, and I've just realized like, after I lost the Benson fight, you really kind of like, all right, well, I'm at my age at whatever age I was at 37 at the time, and they're like, you know, you're not getting a title shot now. Look at where Stephen Thompson is right now. Let me give you the guy who's 17 and 0. That's what they're looking to do. Like you you've <laughs> got to see the writing on the wall. And so and and it's like that was your moment for Tim. I feel like the Yoel fight was like his moment. It was not to go backwards, it was to go forward and one step closer, maybe even next. You know, and so um it just it becomes a, your 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 attitude, your confidence, all that stuff is not what it was before you walked into that fight. And it changes everything. It does. And uh, it's a shitty situation to be in, but hey, this is the fight game, man. This is the fight game. It is. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, we're going to leave you guys on that. Go to WayneInMerch.com, WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our apparel there. It is becoming, I was just in California, and because it has been so hot here in Texas, I got there and it was like mid-70s, <laughs> and I was freezing. I was, I was like, freezing. Man, so cold. I was like, man, let me get let me get the jacket, let me get the hoodie, scarf, all this other stuff. No, it was not quite that bad. But go to WayneImmers.com, pick up some of our apparel over there. And uh, John, go ahead, buddy. Take us away. Hey, for everyone out there, thank you for listening. I hope you uh, 
enjoy what we had to say as far as like the Canelo fight and all the variety of stuff going on without the UFC. No big fights, but you can next week it'll be there. And Tim Kennedy, I'll send you a uh, a hoodie. <laughs> yes. Maybe that'll make you feel better. Hey, everyone else out there, take care.